2: Listening to Mile High Report Radio
1: with your hosts Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at
2: MileHighReport.com. And now it's time
0: to get to work.
2: Adam, I don't know if the rest of Broncos country saw the tweet from Mike Kliss earlier on Tuesday. But he said the Broncos have sent out playoff notices. It is NFL policy to notify season ticket members of potential home playoff appearances when a team is first in its division or pregames or fewer from division lead with a 500 record or better.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'm i just more worried about them losing to the Lions than I am thinking about the playoffs. So. I think that's the state of Broncos country where we're yeah. at. So thanks Mike Kliss and nobody cares. <laughs> like there's there's too much going on for us to even if, as a non-season ticket holder also okay and then on top of that really that's that's what we're going to worry about after they just looked like they looked against the Kansas City Chiefs in primetime. God, they love looking like garbage in primetime, don't they? It just Yikes. And if they lose to the Lions, if they lose to the Lion, well, I digress. I digress for now. I'll get into it again later. Why well, you were going to say nothing good can come from winning this game.
2: It will delay the inevitable because of the strength of the schedule after this game against Detroit. They have the Bengals, Chargers, Raiders,
0: Chiefs. Yeah, not uh, – I will say – the Chargers are looking more beatable. The Raiders are looking more beatable. I, I'm I'm here's your silver lining. Those teams are looking more beatable. And, and that's about as silver lining y as I can get because um I, I don't think it matters. So yeah, this is their last opportunity real opportunity at a win, probably. Well, I will say the way the Chargers looked against the Bengals, not beatable.
2: The way the Raiders looked against Washington, perhaps beatable.
0: But Washington has a quarterback. They do. Now the Broncos beat that quarterback, right? Am I, am I right? Or was it a different, I can't remember now. They they, they did. They they beat him. It can't be that good. They tried their best to lose that game. That was the, especially at the end. That was the game. If you, if you want to think about a game of this season, that, that really is, I think even more indicative than what they did against the chiefs on Sunday night football, but really indicative of what this team is it's it's that game against the Washington football team that um let's just say they shouldn't have won but they won but they never should have been in a position to lose but they almost lost like that that is that was the perfect game to describe the Broncos other than they probably don't deserve to win that game and they still do it just a, a crazy outcome because they totally should have lost that they, they tried they, it was like they wanted to lose that game they were trying to lose that game and they just couldn't make it happen. And now come the 1, 10 and 1
2: Detroit Lions. And as I said in my preview at at playcolorado.com the Broncos will look to save their season with a win over Detroit.
0: No <laughs> really no really it's no really just Come on back. I got some snake oil for you. Um <laughs> Yeah, maybe. This game is I I like your I like your analogy. It's it's not a game that that they can walk away as winners even if they walk away as winners. And and the whole point of it is if you win this game as the Denver Broncos, if the Denver Broncos win this game, all they have done is beat the Detroit Lions, who are a garbage team that have won one game and got a lucky tie against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that is also awful but tends to get more lucky than other teams. And if you lose this game, you just lost to the Detroit Lions who have won one game and are a garbage franchise and have been for years and you couldn't figure out a way to beat them. I, I, I burn it down. Burn it down. And that's, that's all you can do. So uh, this is, yeah, like you've said, this is a lose-lose situation even if you win the game. What's fascinating is when you look at the spread... And the current
2: spread has the Broncos as heavy favorites at minus eight. Some of the books have it at minus seven and a half. What's fascinating about the Detroit Lions, they're 110 and one. They're eight and four against the spread. Ooh. Four and oh in their last four games. Now, I don't know how much of that is garbage time, <laughs> but that doesn't matter
0: 8 and 4 against the spread and you're 110 and 1 I, I tell you what i'll tell you what i'm going to do when we get done i'm probably going to go throw a bat down on the lions to cover cuz it, could, it couldn't hurt right i i would probably yeah especially at 8 i mean that that that's a good value i mean
2: if it was under 8 that's not good market value you want to do under 7 and under 3 though those are those are the good value numbers, and I I won't because, as I've said before,
0: I, I'm too emotionally invested in the Broncos to have a clear head. Fair, but this one to me feels like if you're betting on Detroit to cover, this is, this is where my head is at here, even if they lose, the Broncos that is, you still make money. And if that's they, true, and, and I will say this. So my my little brother, who is a, a helicopter pilot in the Navy, I'm not going to tell you where. Uh, I probably said it before, and I don't really care. Um, he was he is a he's he is not a he's a Bronco fan, but he's not like like crazy like I am. But he does watch Arsenal. He watches you know the the English Premier League, and he's a huge Arsenal fan. Big fan of the Gunners. He's that's that's every. Every week, he and his son go to a there's like a bar in his town where he takes his son and they go watch Arsenal every weekend. And he also every weekend puts a and I swear to God, it's five cents. He puts a five cent bet down against Arsenal every week. And his son, we were just talking about this. It's hilarious. His son asked him, this "Is my nephew a nice kid? Great kid, love him." And he says, "Dad, why do you always bet against Arsenal? Why do you always put five cents down against Arsenal?" And he says, "Well, I figure." If they if they win, then I paid five cents for them to win and I'm fine with that. And if they lose, then it doesn't hurt so bad because at least I get a little money out of the deal. Which I okay, I get that. I, like I that. It, it's sort of like it it dampens the blow a little bit. Now the, the monetary value there is like why? Nothing. But I what you do what makes you comfortable. That's yep. what the the That's, Steve Mariucci commercial told me the absolutely. other day too. And by the way, the fact
2: that the NFL has partnered with the National Council for Problem Gambling is huge. I think that's one of the main reasons people have a problem with sports betting becoming such a huge thing now is the problems that it can lead to. So the fact that you're having someone like Steve Mariucci telling people to set your limits, know your bets, and bet what you can afford. Those are the three things that I think are are huge. And the one that I'll throw out is, bet with your head not over it and I think that all ties together
0: yeah and and I actually kind of I, I had a conversation with a guy about this at, at work just the other day and uh to me it's no different than partnering with Bud, Budweiser or or Coors or you know you 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 partner with with an alcoholic beverage well okay that's kind of the same thing in my opinion it's a, it's a vice right everybody has their vices and and I don't judge people for that I like to have a, a nice beverage Every now and then, and uh, certainly do in, enjoy, and that's fine. And so, as long as you're, like you said, as long as you do it within reason. So, if you're being smart about that, and you can be smart about this, and you can do things within reason, and you're not, you're not going overboard, then you should be fine. And that's our, is that our little after-school special that we just did there? And we've, we've given our PSA, and now, and now we can get back to trashing on the Broncos because there's, there's no winning outcome here against the. Can we go back to that? No winning outcome against the Lions, even if they win. It just delays the inevitable, as I said earlier. Absolutely does. The other fun fact here uh, about this to me is that the fact that the Lions won actually takes a little bit of fear out of this game. And you talked about this, I think it was two weeks ago. You talked about how we were looking at the Lions and potentially being the team that might be the first to lose to the Lions. The fact that they beat the Vikings – Right before they play the Broncos, now at least that at least that moniker of first team to lose to the to the Lions is not there. The Broncos can't be the first team to lose to the Lions. They could have been. So we I guess all owe the Minnesota Vikings a, a big thank you, and uh, we appreciate you for playing horrible defense and not actually covering anybody until they were halfway into the end zone. I don't know who drew that defense up, but holy cow, that was terrible. And it works out for us because now we don't have to worry about carrying the moniker around of first team to lose to the worst team in the NFL.
2: You mentioned the defense that the Vikings played on that Jared Goff touchdown at the end of the game. The thing of it that is still mind-boggling to me is Mike Zimmer called the timeout. He wanted to get his defense set, and he had his defenders, his secondary, in the end zone like they didn't want to get beat deep, like you, like they were they were literally there's, there's no deep. at the end of the end zone, at the back of the end zone. Like, do they not know that the field ends, and if you throw it that far, it's out of
0: bounds? I think it, 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 it just, was like a Dan Orlovsky moment, but in reverse. I I mean yeah or like Gus ferrat when he
2: jammed his head into the wall I, I mean that, that yeah. i I still do not uh, and Mike Zimmer is apparently a defensive mastermind
0: and he has his safeties at the back of the end zone. Uh, yeah <laughs> I, I love mean... that you just mentioned Gus ferrat because the old man is somewhere listening to this laughing because he knows how much I hate that guy. I hate Gus ferrat because he's so terrible. And it just like for the season that he was with the Broncos or or two, as I think it was more than one, but it was just oh I just hated that guy every step of the way. And the whole if you you signed a guy who headbutted a wall and gave himself a neck injury, that that's who you want as your quarterback? Okay. In terms of
2: recent Broncos quarterbacks, if if I was gonna put money on a Broncos quarterback who would have done that it would have been Bubby Brister. Oh yeah, not but, Gus Farad.
0: Bubby wouldn't have got hurt either. He did, or he wouldn't have known he was hurt. That that's the key with Bubby. He would have been like, "What? <laughs> We've got this camaraderie ship here. He'll be just fine." Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, I like what you did with that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So, I, I guess are, are there things we're supposed to talk to talk about here? I I mean the thing that I'm concerned
2: about is. We've talked about the record. You mentioned the fact that they may have lost that drive to get that win. But I also think about they just got a taste of that first win. And this is a Detroit Lions team that is scrappy as hell. They will fight. As much as we joked about Dan Campbell saying that he wants his players to go out and bite ankles, they would literally do that. This is a team that do, just does not give up. They fight. They scrap. And as I said in my preview story at PlayColorado.com, that is not what you can say about the Denver Broncos.
0: They're a cheap tent that folds at the sight of a mild breeze. Yeah, a, that's, a, that's a really nice assessment. It It, it is interesting to note that uh, when you look at this Lions team, you brought it up, they cover. Right, they they don't get blown out in the same way that that some of these really bad teams do, like your Houston Texans of the world or your Jacksonville Jaguars of the world, who are terrible teams, right? The Jets, but they get blown out when they lose. When they lose, it's it's by a wide margin. And so, yeah, they've pulled out a few victories here and there, but when they lose, it's really bad. This Lions team, for the most part, and yeah, you can probably pull up a, a blowout here and there, and that's fine. But for the most part, they're in the games. They are. Uh, at least battling and fighting and, and, dare I say, kicking and screaming, if you will. And it does make kicking them... Kicking and biting. S- kicking and biting, sure. Well, you scream and bite and say, ah, something like that. But it, it makes them a, an opponent that should scare you a little bit. And you're right. Like a shark with blood in the water, they've got a taste for it now, right? They they know what, what it feels like, and they're going to like that feeling. And you can also tell, we do, we make fun of Dan Campbell because he's like one of, he's he's like, he's, he's that PC guy bro. He's, he's PC bro from, from South park, but also his players love him. And oh they, yeah. You can they, tell they do. They want to play for him. They want to fight for him. They will, they will do everything they can. And maybe they've fallen short every single game, but one this season, Thanks, they um, have <laughs> right. But the <laughs> way to go, Mike, but they are, they, they are willing to do everything for him. And that, and that is something that, that makes them unpredictable. And I'm not going to get into the whole, well, they are, the Broncos players don't do that for Vic Fangio. I don't actually know that that's true or not. Uh, I think it's just a, that's a different dynamic. When you're a team that's a losing team like this, but you have a coach that the, that the guys on the team will fight for 100%, that makes them scary. That makes them a dangerous team. And that's what makes this game a little bit more interesting than, say, playing a team that's, oh, and 15 or whatever, if the math is hard for me, oh, and yeah, 14 and 13, I don't know. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's too much math. And then they show up and and they're just like, yeah, whatever, we don't like this guy. He's on his way out. We know he's getting fired. Like, Dan Campbell's not getting fired. Dan Campbell's coming back. At least I'm. no one talks about him being fired. So they're going to fight for him knowing he's going to be back, and they're playing for their jobs, right? These are guys who are trying to put Put something together, put it on film, as they say, and and make it look like they belong. That makes them dangerous. That makes this game dangerous for the Broncos. Now, that being said, I think it's it's time for us to jump into our keys to the game here. And I'm I'm not gonna mess around about it. I'm gonna go ahead and give mine right away. And my key to the game is really? Do do we really need to do keys to the game? And I know I just got done uh, you know, given the whole speech here the rah-rah speech about what the lions could do but it isn't fathomable that the broncos will lose to the lions so all the run the ball and win the turnover battle stuff that people are going to talk about it's valid but it's not necessary because this team should beat the lions the denver broncos with the talent they have on the field should beat the lions and if they don't you fire everybody and as i've already said you burn it to the ground and you move on
2: and I don't even have a key to the game. If you look at the staff preview from my, at Mile High Report on Wednesday, I don't have one. I'm just
0: gonna I'm gonna take Lori, Latimer, Volkman's. Don't effing lose. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty much the same thing, right? It's and if if you lose, burn it to the ground and move on. And and, and that's what they need to do. Um let's do players to let's do players to watch just for fun, right? Let's just let's just do it. Who are you watching? Teddy Bridgewater on offense. Yeah, that's I mean, I, I don't, I don't want
2: to say that he was the reason the offense struggled, because I, I don't think it's his fault that you have a twenty-play, eighty-eight-yard drive that takes up over eleven minutes of clock and comes away with nothing. I, I don't think that's Teddy Bridgewater's fault. I don't think it's Teddy Bridgewater's fault that you don't test the secondary of the Kansas City Chiefs at any point in the game. I mean, it's not like they were playing in Buffalo on Monday night where you're facing 50-mile-an-hour gust winds in your face. That was a choice by the offensive coordinator to not do anything testing the field with Judy, Cortland Sutton, or Tim Patrick. But he still wasn't good enough by any means necessary. He's going to have to be better on Sunday. If
0: he gets outplayed by Jared Goff, it's Brett Rippon time. That's a that's a really strong statement there. I will say also uh, it wasn't – the it, it was the first game that I saw Teddy Bridgewater look like his arm wasn't capable of making the throws. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have a big arm. Teddy Bridgewater is Chad Pennington. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater is a guy who has good accuracy for the most part. Yes, he's going to have bad nights. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to have bad throws. Everybody does. But he doesn't have – Zip on the ball. He doesn't have an explosive arm, and this this game again. The game against the Chiefs was the first time he looked like not only does he have an arm that isn't explosive, he looks like he has an arm that isn't capable. His his throws looked bad, and it's it's funny because we talked about in the run up to that game. Run up apropos here, they needed to run the football to win that game, and they did. I think that to a, to a point there they did everything they needed to do on offense to win that game except for finish, and Teddy Bridgewater struggled. And when you don't finish, and you can't you can't have a quarterback throw interceptions, and you can't have turnovers like that, and then on top of that you're not finishing drives, it all added up to them losing that game. They can't have that, like you said, they cannot have that from Teddy Bridgewater. And I I think the other thing to do is to is to watch Javante Williams. He got used pretty heavily against the Chiefs on Sunday night. And as a rookie, rookies hit a wall. We've been talking a lot about Javante Williams, and this has become a bit of a Javante Williams fan club podcast. Like that's kind of what it's turned into, at least with, with me. And I'm I'm fully aware of it and happy to admit it. But you know that the rookie wall is coming. You do. you You have to see it coming. So, depending on what happens at running back, I don't know what the deal is with Melvin Gordon if he's going to be back or not. Uh, it looked like Mike Boone did okay, right? He only had a few carries, but those carries were were not bad. He, was, he looked like he was capable. It it depends on how Javante Williams looks as well, because I still think that the key, if you want to, you know, avoid what I just said, is you got to give Javante Williams the ball on offense. So, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's got to play better. They still got to run the football. Is he going to hit a wall soon? And if he does and he hits it against the Lions, uh oh, <laughs> this uh oh, I don't know what else to say to that. Just uh oh, so we'll see what happens with that. Defense, you got somebody on defense? I'll say you mentioned Melvin Gordon. Fangio said
2: on Monday that he should practice this week. He's not sure whether it's Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, but Gordon should practice this week, so he should be back That's
1: on defense.
2: It's the edge guys. They have to get pressure on Jared Goff. Actually, I'll just go with the defensive the, the defensive line and the defensive front. You have to pressure Jared Goff. He does stupid things when he gets pressured. He's not a good quarterback. He's even he's an even worse quarterback when he faces pressure. Because he thinks he has Jay Cutler's arm, but he has Jay Cutler's head. So he does stupid things. Jared Goff still thinks he's the number one pick. He still thinks that I am the best quarterback in the world. Why did Sean McVay and the Rams trade me? I'm going to prove to everybody that even when I get pressure, I can throw this ball over those mountains.
0: Ooh, Uncle Rico reference. That's harsh. I like it, but it's harsh. Uh, Yeah, pressure in his face. I like that. You know who I'm going to watch? I'm going to watch Patrick Sertan. He's been fun to watch. The kid comes down with another interception. Uh, I'm going to watch to see if he's willing to tackle somebody. Uh, I didn't say anything in the postgame recap, but uh, on that uh, Patrick Mahomes rushing touchdown, it certainly looked like Sertan wasn't interested in in looking him up at all. And I would have preferred – listen, if that had been Steve Atwater – Patrick Mahomes would have been in it in like the fourth row of the stands or keep to or keep to or even uh Chris Harris. If that had been Kareem Jackson, who is is all about flying around, you know, there's there's guys who would have lit him up. And Sertan didn't do that. And I'm not saying that's his job. Right. I'm not I'm not calling him out and saying, well, your job is to be a big hitter. Which but you have to tackle. You got to tackle. And. I'm not saying that it would have mattered, right? There's a little bit of, well, the Chiefs on the one yard line versus Patrick Mahomes going in the end zone right here. What's the difference? Uh, the difference is just one more opportunity, at least. And they didn't have that because of it. So I'm not I'm not dogging the kid. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to turn this into Patrick Turtan is is a wuss and isn't willing to tackle. It wasn't a Teddy Bridgewater moment. That's not what, what I'm saying here. But it wasn't a hundred percent effort as he was trying to get off his block so that he could go and tackle Patrick Mahomes. Uh, But that's not why I'm watching him. I'm watching him to see if he can lock down a receiver, maybe snag an interception, maybe a pick six. I'd love to see another defensive touchdown. I have a feeling he's where you're going to get it from. So that's who I'm watching. (laughs) That's that's what I'm going to do. I think he was afraid that he wouldn't get his discount double check. Oh, yeah, you got to be careful with that. But everybody gets the discount. I've seen the commercial. It doesn't matter. There is no uh, Aaron Rodgers rate or Patrick Mahomes rate. Or Chris Paul rate. Does Chris Paul do the Chris Paul rate thing? Do they do that with him too? Or is he just worried about, you know, things breaking in his house? Did I just go through all the State Farm commercials? We got to stop watching commercials. I think Chris Paul's more worried about flopping. Oh, I think he just flopped again. Oh, he fell. Oh, is he okay? Of course he's okay. He just likes to fall down. He's good at Latin it. Latin soccer players think Chris Paul flops too much. Chris Paul would fit in really well on Arsenal with the Gunners. I'm sure that my little brother could tell you all about flopping, you know, just to bring that full circle. There's the conversation that we just had. Manu Ginobili thinks Chris Paul <laughs> flops too much. Even LeBron James is like, dude, Chris, you got to stay on your feet a little bit. Greg Popovich thinks Chris Paul <laughs> flops too much. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, okay. I like that. That was all very good. All right. Do we got a prediction? Sorry to all the Suns yes. fans out yeah, there, but yeah, are you though? Because I'm not. No, no. You no. should be mile high
2: basketball fans. Who, uh Nikola Jokic, despite the injuries to the Nuggets,
0: is putting up even better numbers than he did when he won his MVP last year. Absolutely, he is. And he's gonna and he's gonna have a shot at the MVP again. He won't get it because the NBA likes to spread it around or whatever. But well, it's gonna go to Steph Curry. I mean, <laughs> and also because Steph Curry is the best basketball player in the NBA right now. There's there, there is that, but Jokic has given him a run for his money. And, and I'm hoping that the Joker can lead them on a run through the playoffs and actually maybe, uh, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to get my hopes up. Don't. No. it's not worth it. It's just, not. It's just, it's just not worth it. We've been, we've been Nuggets fans to the eighties. We know how that ends. All right. Yeah. Mile high city basketball is, is, uh, it's a rough one. I'm going to write down my prediction and I'm going to let you give your prediction. I got it. I've got mine written down. Go for it. You got it. I'm I'm in. I'm gonna go 2017 Broncos. Oh, that's a super close one. Okay, I predicted this same exact score last week. In fact, I just looked at my my sheet because I have little rundowns here, and uh, but I'm predicting it a different way. I've got 27-21 Denver. I think uh, I I think they have to win, right? I mean, as we said nothing good comes from this game oh my goodness all right let's take a quick break on that one Uh, when we come back we'll do our whip around the league we'll take a look at the AFC West and what's going on in the NFL and we'll say go Broncos
1: anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect
0: define an opportunity
1: imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now
2: identify a problem
1: creating an audio ad is time-consuming
2: Offer a solution.
1: Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
0: All right, Ian, so let's go ahead and take a look here. Uh, let's start with the AFC West like we normally do because there is a big AFC West matchup, Raiders Chiefs. We were just talking about it. Um, I think it's fairly obvious what's going to happen. That's the Raiders playing the Chiefs in December in Kansas City. So I have a feeling their record in December is about the same as everybody else's. Not great. But it's a division game, and the AFC West is a pretty tight division right now. And I'll say this. The Raiders have a quarterback. If the Broncos have a competent
2: quarterback, they beat the Chiefs. I was not impressed with Kansas City. Now, I don't know if the Raiders' defense is as good as the Broncos' So I don't know if they're going to be able to shut down Patrick Mahomes in that offense, but I think they have the edge rushers and Max Crosby and, and some of those other guys to get after Patrick Mahomes, but they have the offense to keep up with them.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. So side question here, a little slight tangent. You said the Raiders have a quarterback. If the Broncos had Derek Carr, are the Broncos – Are the Broncos a playoff contender? Do they beat the Chiefs? Does Derek Carr make the Denver Broncos a legit contender? You know, more than Teddy Bridgewater does, because clearly Teddy Bridgewater doesn't. Or is Derek Carr also a mirage? That's an interesting question, because he does have the arm,
2: and you give him those weapons, Sutton, Patrick, Judy, and Javante Williams. He hasn't really had an offensive line for the most part, whether it was Oakland or Las Vegas. There's been times that he's had decent offensive lines. So he's he's used to pressure. I don't think he's ever had a defense as good as the one the Broncos have now. I, I think they are. I think they beat the Chiefs if Derek Carr is the quarterback. And I think they're probably in contention for a playoff
0: spot. I mean, they're in contention now, but I think it's for real. Has there been a team in contention that has felt less in contention in, in recent memory? Cause I can't think of one. The Denver Broncos are in contention and feel nothing at all. Like they are in contention. It is absolutely strange, but yeah, no, I, I, I do think I agree with that. Um, my Raider hatred makes it difficult for me to compliment Derek Carr in general, just because he is the quarterback for the Raiders. But if he was wearing orange and blue, and playing for the Broncos, I think you're right. I think they beat the Chiefs. I think that they are a team that is in first place in the division because I think they are just that much better, and that's the same thing we've been saying for years now. They just need a quarterback, and if they could ever get a quarterback, and if they had a quarterback, and if they could just get a quarterback, and they just can't get a quarterback, it's absolutely ridiculous. So as far as that game goes, I do think the Chiefs win. That's, that's Yeah, I, I, I do think they win. So there's that. And then the Chargers play the Giants. They get the Giants at home. It'll be a home game for the Giants all the way out in Los Angeles because that's how it works. But I, I, I just don't see the Chargers losing to the Giants. No.
2: I mean, even though they'll probably benefit from not having Daniel Jones play because I think their offense is better without Daniel Jones, there's no way the Chargers lose to the to the Giants. I mean, I know some crazy things have happened this season. The Chargers are not losing to Joe Judge
0: and the Giants. No, not uh not this not this coming Sunday for sure. So, that being said, that's the AFC West. What are some other games that you're looking at uh that you see as as fascinating, interesting, good games to watch? What's what where's your head at right now? Two games that I think are the best games of the week.
2: Buffalo Bills at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then the Monday night game, the Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. If the Buffalo Bills and I think they will lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers cuz it's in Tampa. And I I just think Tom Brady it's clear to me Tom Brady is the MVP. He is going to be the MVP. They are just they're getting they're getting guys healthy back. I think the thing that's going to be key for them is whether or not Leonard Fournette can start running the football. And we saw what the Patriots did against the Bills on Monday night in Orchard Park. I don't think that Tampa's going to be able to run the ball that effectively, but it was Leonard Fournette who carried them to a win in Indy a couple of weeks ago. If they're able to run the football, that opens up that whole offense for Tom Brady. And Buffalo does not have the secondary, especially now that one of their top cornerbacks is done for the year. And I can't remember what his name is because I'm not a Bills fan. But they don't have the secondary to stop Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski. And yeah. if they're able to run the football, that it's going to just it's, – it's almost – I don't want to say it's impossible, but it is – Infinitely more difficult to stop Tom Brady if he has a running game.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I actually am sort of I'm off the Bills right now. We we were pretty high on the Bills uh, prior to um, prior to the last few weeks, and and really they have essentially collapsed. Uh, that they, they've they've disappeared. Right, they were running away with the AFC East. They looked like they were one of those unbeatable teams. They were headed towards the Super Bowl. It was going to be. Um, it, it was going to be a a sort of a Buffalo bills year. And now here we are looking at, (laughs) here we are looking at just sort of the same old, same old, and the Patriots are back in the, uh, lead of the AFC East and the bills are looking at the Buccaneers wondering if they can pull out a win on the road. And most of us are thinking, no, they can't. And I don't really know who you blame there because Is it Josh Allen? Has he fallen off? Has Josh Allen struggled so much? I say there's some blame there. The running game hasn't been very good. They've not been able to get that going unless it's Josh Allen running the football. I mean, Devin Singletary and and Zach Moss were supposed to be a good one-two punch. They haven't been. Uh, That, to me, is a team that, you know, Stephon Diggs is a a great wide receiver. And and they've got Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. And they've got this Knox guy at tight end. And they've got the weapons. They've got a quarterback with a gun for an arm, but they just, they they've disappeared. They have shrunk from the challenge. And that's why we're going to get to watch the Patriots when the AFC East this season and not the bills, which is just a shock to me. So yeah, they lose to the Buccaneers because they've disappeared. They, they are, they were too small for the moment. The moment was too big for them.
2: And what, what's fascinating about, I saw some people mention this, the Buffalo bills are not built for Buffalo. They're built for a dome or they're built for Tampa Bay. They're not built for what we saw on Monday in Orchard Park. New England is. And I, regardless of how the listeners feel about Bill Belichick and the Patriots, what he is doing with this Patriots team is incredible. He, I mean, he did it 20 years ago. And I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast when we did a a whip around the league. What he is doing 20 years after he did it with Tom Brady, he's doing it again. This team is built on running the football and playing incredible defense. That's how Tom Brady and the Patriots won three or four Super Bowls in the early 2000s. He's doing it again now with Mac Jones. And regardless of what anyone says about the game plan and throwing it three times with Mac Jones... They clearly didn't
0: need Matt Jones to throw it more than three times. Yeah, it makes you wonder why the Broncos can't do that. I'm just, you know, just to sort of point that out. If the if the Patriots are able to uh, do that with their team, and I don't think their defense is better than the Broncos' defense, I'm not. I'm not there. So why can't the Broncos do something like that? I guess that's a, a question for a different podcast, but it is certainly something to think about because. It's pretty much the same recipe. Just, you know, don't make mistakes at quarterback. Oh, oh, don't make mistakes at quarterback. I get it. I messed up. See, I answered my own question. And sometimes it's nice to be able to do that. Uh, Before the set- we get into yeah. the Rams Cardinals game, it looks like the most, at least right
2: now, the most likely Super Bowl is a
0: media wet dream. Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady. Oh, my gosh. The NFL is rigged if that happens. I'm just saying it now. The NFL is rigged if that happens. It's got to be. That can't be that cannot be a possibility, yet here we are. So, yeah, totally, totally get that for I'm sure. I'm just throwing it out there. It,
2: it's probably <laughs> the most likely at this point because we saw what Tom Brady and the Buccaneers did a year ago. They can go on the road and win. This is the same team that did it a year ago. So even if Green Bay finishes above them or if the Cardinals – go on to to hold home field advantage and that's why this game against the rams is so huge not just for the nfc east
0: but for the nfc the buccaneers can go on the road and win yeah it'll probably also be important for the nfc west as well i'm sorry i couldn't couldn't resist there it is Before what, I didn't say the NFC West, you said East, but that I can understand oh. why we've been talking about the AFC East so much that it's yeah, just I in meant your the brain NFC West. I know we, we know what you meant. We I, you're, you're good, man. Before we talk about them, I want to point out one game that I think is fascinating that we, we are not going to talk much about, but I do think it's going to be one that I will pay attention to Ravens at Browns. How many interceptions will Lamar Jackson throw? Because he has become an interception machine ever since you said he was going to be the MVP. Which means he should send you the bill. It's your fault. (laughs) I can't believe you did that to him. My son is very angry because Lamar Jackson is his favorite player. And you've ruined him. (laughs) It's all your fault. I I, want to know how many times he's going to be run into the locker room. Well, that clearly was the thing that made him better. Because he's been just doing that on the field instead of doing it in the locker room. So... That is, and
2: actually, I'll throw out one more. Okay, that's very interesting, very, very, very interesting. Dallas, Washington. What Ron Rivera has been doing, what he's done to get that Washington football team into the position it's in, and it's going to be at home. And this is a great rivalry that goes back to the seventies. Is Washington able to pull off another big win? Because I really wasn't that impressed with Dallas, as I messaged you on Thursday night that Dallas offense really people are that enamored with Kellen Moore yeah and that's Prescott Mm -mm. I mean the thing that stood out to me about that game it's like they didn't get aggressive on offense until it was third and long if it wasn't third and long Dak Prescott threw like a two yard out uh, a two yard to the sidelines pass and I don't think that defense is any good I mean, they well, just they got, got blown out by Warren the Broncos, back. as I recall. They got so. Micah Parsons back. <laughs> yeah. But that's going to be a very interesting game because if
0: Washington wins, they're in control of the NFC East. Another kind of fun one to, to pay attention to is the Thursday night game because it's the two teams in the NFL that uh, could not beat the Detroit Lions. So, uh, you what know, the Steelers like. and the Vikings play on Thursday. Uh, so, <laughs> the Vikings lost. The Steelers tied. Neither one of them could beat the Lions. That's That's – That makes it somewhat interesting. And I'm going to
2: delay us talking about L.A. and Arizona again because I threw this out to my wife a couple of days ago. It's obvious that George Payton has an affinity for the Minnesota Vikings. People go with what they know. He knows the Vikings. Worst case scenario, George Payton signs Kirk Cousins?
0: No. 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 No, I don't like that. I don't like that. Do I like that? I don't like that. I, no, I because he is exactly, he. it's the same thing with him every year. He's just good enough to make you so angry at him all the time. Good, just good enough to break your heart, right? That was sort of the thing with Jay Cutler. For his entire career. He was just good enough to break your heart. He would make that, the incredible throw, and you would think he was the greatest quarterback of all time. And then he would do the most boneheaded, dumbest things you can think of as well and remind you that he wasn't. So, to me, Kirk Cousins is is Jay Cutler, as we've already said before, without the cannon. Uh, maybe a little bit smarter, but just without the ability to make all the throws. A little bit. like It's not... Like in a race of of intelligence, it's mere millimeters that Kirk Cousins wins that race. But it, and I know that you know the metric system is hard for some of us, so that's less than an inch. It it is very close. I, I just don't. No, no, thank you. And I suppose if it happened, I would root for him like crazy. But I, it's not. It's not at the top of my wish list. If that's what you're asking me, absolutely not. No, have I said no enough to that? Yes. No. One more, just in case, just on top of it. All right. Rams Cardinals. Talk about Rams Cardinals. Yeah, Rams Cardinals. That is going to be a fun game, right? I mean, it, it has to be. Does It looks like the Rams sort of got their mojo back. You know, you need something to well, fix. Well, I would hope so. Against whatever. Jacksonville. Well, that's, that's what Jacksonville is there for. You They fix whatever ails you. They couldn't figure something out. You go and you, you work out the kinks against Jacksonville so that you can go into Arizona and actually put up a fight. That's, that's probably how that's going to play out. But – Arizona's getting Kyler Murray back again right they've they got him back against the Bears in like a, a little warm-up game because the Bears are so terrible and just like now, Jacksonville. just like Jacksonville it was the same sort of thing and now they're gonna they're gonna meet in Arizona and have what I think is going to be a fun game I don't think there will be a lot of defense I I mean I'll I'll
2: I don't usually tell what I bet but I it, I definitely bet the over in this game and one of the books that I did it at had it at 52. So that's a giant number, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense in this game, especially with Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford. So it, it should be a really fun game. I just wish that we had Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit to call it instead of Lewis Riddick, Brian Greasy, and
0: Steve Levy. You could always watch the Manning cast, I suppose, if that's more your speed, which it's not for me, but uh, neither is. I. Just The mute button is such a such a, a well-used tool. I, and I hate to talk bad about the Manning cast because I want it to be so good. And it just, it just isn't, it isn't yet. It maybe it will be, it I needs don't, refinement. Yes. It needs to be more. We, and we talked about this last week. It's the same conversation every time it, it and, and I think they will, or Peyton will say, I don't need this and he'll go do whatever he wants. And Eli will just sit there by himself and think that it's still happening and not realize that ESPN isn't actually there anymore. That's, That's the only thing I can think right there. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio.
2: Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always,
0: go Broncos.